The year is 1992. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. My Marvelous Year, 1992, Part 1. We've made it all the way. Made it 30 years, Zach, from 1961 into 62, all the way to 1992. That means if you've been playing along with us at home, you've been reading curated lists of the best and most essential Marvel comics from the 60s all the way to the early 90s. That's where we are today. Exciting times as we're going to cover the life and times of the Marvel Universe in 1992 comics this is going to be a seven part year i believe Mm. we're going to do another seven parter um as we uh you know we take our time reading through some marvel comics see what's going on you can read along with us with all the comics listed in the show notes here you can also get all of those comics listed via patreon.com slash my marvelous year if you want access to the full spreadsheet through the ages as i update on an annual basis, um, you know, and, and add some new comics as they're added to Marvel Unlimited. I'm Dave, founder, editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I'm joined today. I already talked to him a little, but he, he's, he is the only individual I could have on this show who I knew would be, one, a giant green head, knew he'd have a giant green head, mm-hmm. and two, yeah. also possess the collective intelligence and rage of everyone who's read Avengers Galactic Storm over the years. <laughs> he possesses the combined rage of everyone who has had to go on this 21-part journey. How's it going, Zach Dean? Oh, it's good. Thanks Thanks for having me on. I, I have one one question for you, Dave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why did you do it, Dave? So Why did you do it, Dave? This is this is your recurring you do question it, Dave? on the My Marvelous Year uh, journey, uh, wondering why I've done the things I've done to you. And I first off, I just want to say, I just want to say, of the time, Zach, it's not personal. 99% of the time, it's not personal. (laughs) I don't put comics on the My Marvelous Year list specifically to spite you. It's in so much as they're essential or I think they're good or whatever, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Now, recently, recently that percentage has has been changing, okay? There are more spiteful additions in the last few episodes than the average, okay? I will admit as much is Avengers Operation Galactic Storm a pure spite Zach play? No. Technically, no. It was on the original list. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to It was say on the not, original it's... list well before uh-huh. I knew you, well before we were podcasting yeah. about it. Did I consider taking it off because I knew I didn't want to read it again? <laughs> Absolutely. Nonetheless, nonetheless, I kept it in there a little bit because I knew you'd hate it, but a little bit more because uh, it's a giant Avengers event and giant both in length. This is a 19-part Avengers Operation Galactic Storm event, okay? 19 is probably selling it short even because there's some aftermath stuff, right? So yeah, it's really like yeah. 20, 21, 21, 22, something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting to consider, to me at least, where the Avengers are in 1992. Now, I did kind of a catch-up with the Avengers in a bonus episode that uh, I recorded with, you know, CBH writer and editor Vishal Gopali, which was interesting and fun. Um, but this, this is kind of our our big Avengers touch base, Zach, for, like, a big chunk of the 90. Like, this is our touch base to see, like, what was Marvel trying to do with them? How were they mm-hmm. trying to position the Avengers in comparison to just, like, the massive, massive X-Men success, significant Spider-Man success continues, Punisher, Ghost Rider, Midnight Suns, all that stuff's doing pretty well for them. And Avengers stuff is just, like, it just feels like it's, you know, it's your dad's comics. It's old yeah. and it's stale and it's boring. And it's interesting to consider, to me at least, okay, what are they trying to do creatively in Operation Galactic Storm to write the ship? So I, I do actually think there's a lot to talk about. We'll see if that stays true. Maybe this will be a 10-minute episode and we'll be like, should you read it? Nope. Done. Um, let me let me ask you up front, like, what? why do you think Operation Galactic Storm isn't better? 
Let's start there. Because <clears throat> I, I think we can both agree it's not good until it is. Until it suddenly is at the very end. But it's very stagnant. And there's a lot of pretty decent players involved, including writer Mark Grunewald, who we're going to talk yeah, about, that, right? <clears throat> that's that's the big... Okay, so let's just start. I just want to mention, Mark Grunewald, I was like, we just start reading some Captain America comics, and I was like, oh man, like I've been so effusive in my praise of his Captain America run. And then we get here, and I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. His whole thing got dragged into this, you know, this event. And then I look it up. Nope, he orchestrated it. It's his thing. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's his no, it's, thing. It's, it's his plan from Quasar. Crazy, crazy. So everything I've ever said nice about Mark Grunewald, forget Wait, it. what do we decide on Quasar? Is that, how, is that how we're saying it? Quasar? Yeah, Quasar. Focus yeah, yeah, on it. the Quasar in the mist. The Kaiser has assistant. I'm a blank one. You know that one? Mm, I don't. Okay. That's for the that's for the pavement heads. Um, okay, no, you're right. It's it's Mark Grunewald's baby, uh, coming out of the pages of Quasar, and obviously he's writing Captain America as well. I'm like Bill Bill Her- Bill harass because he's harassing me with this event. Boom, got him. <laughs> yeah, Bill Harris. Also, probably <clears throat> I, I won't go into it. <laughs> I don't have my facts straight. Um, but yes, yeah, so you have you have Bob harass. Bob Harris uh, writing some Avengers books on this. We have Avengers West Coast tied up in this. We've got Roy and Dan Thomas, husband and wife combo, bringing back the Thomases just for you, Zach. If you didn't like (laughs) Avengers Squirrel War the first time, let's bring back the Thomases on their Avengers West Coast in this general sequel to Avengers Squirrel War, which we we can talk about a little bit. We got Quasar involved. We got Wonder Man. Wonder Man involved and Avengers Iron Man Thor. Okay, so those are the seven books that fit into this. But back to the question, Zach. Why doesn't why, doesn't why this work? what would it take to make this more interesting? Like why doesn't it work? Uh, I, I mean I, I think I have well I think it's just the e- even when the comics here are well executed, and I think some of these are definitely well executed. There's 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 a few that I think are just like this is a ugly looking book and this is bad writing. And I don't even remember, like, specifically which ones, because they all kind of blend together. But, like, there are some of these that, like, for the most part, this is all, you know, competently done comics. I just think the main story here is, it has nothing of interest. Like, it, it, it See, is that's, like... That's where I would it, disagree, because I because think... Because the Kree, Kree Shi'ar, unless you are, like, a Marvel head who is just like, I want to know Marvel history, it's like learning history without any kind of context that, like, grounds it in, like, any larger context, at least for me, because I'm just like... Like, I kind of know who the Kree are, but, like, I don't... Like, I'm not invested in them, like, whatsoever. And this is not changing. I know who the Shi'ar are, but I'm not invested in them. And I'm certainly not invested in this war that just got, like, spun up out of nothing. And you're just telling me there's a war between the two of them. And I'm supposed to be like, ah, what are the stakes here? What are the, you know, like, what's at stake here? What is at play? What should be interesting me? And I think that is, like, what is absolutely missing. And only the, the slightest bit finds something of interesting in the conclusion to it. I think truly, the conclusion, truly the conclusion. Yeah, truly yeah. the conclusion. And, and I even think, like, you're saying that, like, that is pretty good. I, I That's even a little overblown for me, because maybe it's just that it had burned so much goodwill for me. The other thing is, six issues. Do, do this in six issues, segregated <laughs> from the rest of the Marvel Universe, and I think this would not be so, you know, Th- agreed. This definitely could have been one Avenger story. It could yeah. have been three to four issues long and then mm-hmm. ending with that conclusion. And we'd look back and think like, oh, that's a pretty cool Avengers space story. That worked out pretty well. Uh, I liked the bit with the Supreme Intelligence. So before I yeah. talk about why I think there was more meat on the bones here, uh, let's just say quickly. So this is a version of Avengers Kree Scroll War, except this time it's the Kree and the Shi'ar are at war. You know, they are galactic... With- giant cosmic civilizations the kree have an empire the shi'ar have an empire they control galaxies essentially and they're at war they are basically using earth terran territory as uh spaceports essentially and it's causing problems Mm -hmm. with our sun okay so that's why the avengers get involved very similar premise in in the kree scroll on doom are there <laughs> the space sports <laughs> threatens specifically my little son von doom um and uh in like our, our shared collective our son, bigger yeah. son yeah yeah you gotta you really gotta stop doing that it creeps everyone <laughs> out um it's really just making everyone furious that is not how yeah our, uh, our wives really don't works. like that like our wife and our wife uh, don't really like that the the shared sister wife thing is a tough sell in the best of times <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, they only met once. They're uh, they're not so into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And we and we led with, hey, uh, you know, we can do introductions later. But before we get to that, sister wives. <laughs> I now pronounce you. <laughs> what are uh, your thoughts? Yeah, wife and wife. Yeah. Now pronounce you wife and wife. Um. So yeah, but that's what's going on in Operation Galactic Storm. The Avengers get involved, and they're you know they're trying to as the as the thing proceeds. They're trying to obviously protect Earth, but then also they're like, hey, maybe we should stop uh, galactic genocide and this war because the Shi'ar have a negabomb, bomb, 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 a device that can basically destroy a galaxy. Okay, that stands now, for ne- negative bomb. Just to, I'm going to be honest, cue in all the uh, you know the listeners. Zach, who, who Captain didn't Marvel read between those lines. I, uh, you know what? Thank you because Captain Marvel's negabands mm-hmm. transport between him and Rick Jones in the negative zone. Yeah, that's how I, I never. Th- I never think of them as negative fans. Not once in my life have I heard that. I just <laughs> thought it was like a total sci-fi thing based on weird Marvel science. So you're you're not alone if you didn't connect those dots. I um, mean, that, that's working in a science lab. I do like when we're talking about like freezing, you know, different chemicals or tissue or whatever. I'm just like, oh, do, do you should I freeze this at uh, at mega thirty degrees Celsius? Like that is science right. talk. We all, we right. all call it like. Oh yeah, that has to get down to at least nega one hundred before you, uh, before you proceed. So. Well, and I, I have the same, I have a, the it's same problem in the life. kitchen a lot of times when I'm suing. Um, you know, like I, like if we're cooking duck, if we're doing a nice like duck peaking, um, I'm like, do we want a nega duck or do we want a darkling? Like which kind, of, which kind of duck are we gonna utilize for this? <laughs> really had a hard time seeing where you were going with that. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Have and you been watching Darkwing Duck? This is not the first Darkwing Duck reference, you know, in the past like month or so. I love Darkwing Duck. At no point in my I, life I love am that I as not a kid. I haven't, I haven't in watched the, it. the emotional state of watching Darkwing Duck. There's yeah. there's no period of time where I'm not ready to go. You made that Jim notes. Starling uh, joke in the well. Uh, that's the you bring up Jim Starling. I'm going to reference yeah. Jim Starling. The uh, the you know yeah. the the version it's a good of that. Joke. Uh, Drake Mallard in the in the Ducktales universe. Ducktales, such a good show. Watch all three seasons on Disney Plus. They're not even paying us. There we go. That's what there. I'm looking for. So you did watch it recently? Okay. <laughs> I watched I watched Ducktales, which is incredible. Like really, really oh, great Ducktales? show. Yeah, Ducktales is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cancel too soon. Bring it back. But all right. So the the thing that I think has meat on the bones in Operation Galactic Storm is is all of the cosmic political ramifications and like. So we have all these we have these alien civilizations that we know well in the Marvel universe at this point. They are the Skrulls, the Kree, and the Shi'ar through the pages of X Men. Okay, and that's one of the weirder things about this being an Avengers event is they are so clearly like we need to capture some of that X Men magic. Who can we take from them? We can take the Shi'ar, right? But the thing that I think is is interesting about all the civilizations is I'm actually interested in how they function as galactic empires. I'm interested in differences and sort of political machinations of those different areas. We don't really get, I would say the biggest problem for me reading these 19 issues until we get to the end is it's so focused on the core Avengers cast Mm -hmm. and not focused enough on the actual cosmic side of things that Mm -hmm. I check out. And like you said, because we don't actually know that much beyond a Ronan the Accuser here, or um, a Lalandra there, right? These faces that we're familiar with through other stories, if you're a Marvel yeah, head, like right, you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no there's no real emotional underpinning. There's no real exposition even. <laughs> like, like that's the thing that, and I, I just keep thinking about it in terms of like modern X-Men comics, and I won't spoil anything, but there would be a lot of literal data pages about these society and how they function. Yeah. And how Which, they're different you know, would, than what would we know. help this, honestly. It would like help. It, it would some, be hard sci-fi. And I need some. I need some context, like for yeah. this. I need some context. It, it, there's also just like a flattening of, like the the Kree and the Shi'ar aren't that different in tone, like in the way they're written, in the way that no. they're like no. you know they they kind of like, glance. I mean, the thing is, they don't. It's not the scroll <laughs> in the Shi'ar, which like look very different at first glance. So it's like. Oftentimes we're seeing some kind of like super assassin or something. I'm like, I don't even remember what side you're on. Like, mm-hmm. who? Are, what are you fighting for? What are your motivations? Because you're just kind of like big sci-fi design, and like your name is like Skrullatrix, not Skrullatrix, because that would be someone from the Skrulls. Uh, but like, that would whatever. be a good it's, it's like... name. Really, really confusing. <laughs> Confuse yeah, the heck yeah. out of them. Yeah, and like you could really boil this whole thing down. I could probably boil the thing down to like three sentences. This well, that's the crazy issue. part about it being so long is it yeah, is that's... truly simple. Like it is incredibly simple. I think there's a lot of talk in like the the interviews and the you know the the creator conversations around it in terms of like the tightness in the integration mm-hmm. of the stories, which is true. Like it does read like a pretty connected 
event. The problem is it's so thoroughly connected that it's like the same drawn out stuff over the course of 18 issues and just so little so little happening until everything happens at once. It, um, it reminds it's me remarkably of Mutant Massacre in that way of just like... Oh, there's so spe- much more happening in Mutant Massacre, though. So much no, more. Yeah, Mutant Massacre is definitely tighter, for sure, but it does remind me of that, of just like, here's the instigating event, and then we're just going to spend, like, the middle 80% of it just kind of wading through what's happening, and then, like, the actual happening is right at the end. Yeah. Right? Like, we just spend so much time, like we're in the sewers and being attacked and then it's like eight or nine issues of that right <laughs> spread out and it's like with no change in the status quo like it's not moving forward i really think like you've talked about the event layout i really think like i hate this way of framing events i think like for me it's just got to be like the main story is either in its own thing like infinity war and then you just do the side things if you want to read them or it's like x-men x-men contains the main event and everything else is secondary. So the cro- you're talking then specifically about the crossover where yeah. it's just it's all the ongoing titles, but they're just flipping part one, part two, part three. I mean, yeah. I don't know that actual event bookends would have helped this story. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just given really. given yeah. what the creators seemingly had to say, but I do sure. like like if there was an Avengers Operation Galactic Storm Alpha and an Omega, and that could, like you could almost make a case then to be like, yeah, read those two. And then read, like, I don't know, one Captain America issue in between because Grunewald's good at what he does, um, and you'd have the story. But as it is, it's like, oh, I have to get this piecemeal over the course of of everyone's book. You know, I do want to talk, too. So before we dig further into, like, the the ins and outs of the story. So this is 1992 Part 1, right, we're talking about. In 1991, we talked about the explosion of comic book sales, right? And and the real explosion, especially of like the X-Men line, but we also of, of, of like creators driving sales, right? We saw Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man number one, amazing selling, right? Rob mm-hmm. Liefeld, Fabian DiCiesa, X-Force number one, huge seller. X-Men number one, Chris Claremont and Jim Lee, biggest seller of all time, right? And we're seeing these just millions and millions of dollars levels of comic sales in a way that like comics have never seen before and I would say never will see since. Um, mm-hmm. And you get to 1992, and you have this Avengers franchise, a tentpole at Marvel for the longest time. When you go through the My Marvelous Year journey, you realize, despite being the biggest pop culture phenomena of the 2010s, the Avengers comics themselves are never the biggest thing ever Marvel. They are never the best thing at Marvel. In fact, they are frequently like the bottom tier. Nonetheless, it is the super team book for all the non-mutant, non-Spider-Man stuff. And I guess not Fantastic Four, right? Um, but you get to 1992 and you see them, you can just see it in Operation Galactic Storm where they're like, we need to do something to make the Avengers relevant. Like, we need to try something. And it's kind of ironic in a way that what they try <laughs> is totally reminiscent of the stagnation and the sort of forgettableness of mm-hmm. the Avengers franchise through the decades until they get to the very end there when they actually then sort of present with like, Oh, okay, here's them trying to modernize and do something that is reflective of the cultural moment. Zach, I actually did some research. I usually do this ahead of time. I looked up on Comicron, which tracks comic book sales. Um, I was curious, did Avengers Operation Galactic Storm actually boost? Like, did it actually give the Avengers line some sort of significant boost Mm -hmm. in sales? And here's the thing. It takes a lot of scrolling. It takes a whole lot of scrolling to even get close to touching of one of the books in this. A lot of scrolling. I was I was taking the shape of a table. I was taking the shape of a mouse trying to get all the way down to the bottom. And uh, it takes until the 230, no, the 273rd bestseller of 1992, which was Captain America 400, which is basically a cheat because yeah, it's a 400th it's anniversary yeah. issue. Like yeah. it is, you basically have to cheat to find literally a single Avengers line book in the top 300 sellers of the year. Like they just aren't relevant on that scale. And the sad thing about this event is it doesn't do anything to change that. If anything, it probably just sort of, you know, signed, signed the coffin because that's what, that's a common saying. And it's a thing that everyone you know, knows. You know how when, you when you're done with somebody, something, you kill yeah. them, you sign their coffin. Yeah, you sign their coffin to let them know out. who did it. Yeah, and it's over. That's how it's final. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I. Yes, I can totally see that, and I, I mean, I can see how it wouldn't help Avengers because 
if you just are reading the Avengers comics, you're going to miss out on stuff. The big, in, the, the, the huge event here, the concluding event, happens in Wonder Man number nine, I think. Right. Right? Like, the bomb going off at the end, which is the most anything that happens here, is in a Wonder Man issue. And it's like, I'm sure Wonder Man number nine was not the bestseller, <laughs> right? Like, a, a new series about a, a C-tier Avenger? A no, C-tier West totally, Coast Avenger? <laughs> it's Right, <laughs> like, it's totally assuming... If you're following the story, you're picking up every issue. Like it is right, truly, so a lot of people are just going to drop it just because of that. Because like, you know, what am I got? Can I tell you the weirdest, Quasar the weirdest Thor full I run I have yeah. in my mm-hmm. long boxes here? Is it this? <laughs> oh, is it Quasar? It's Quasar. It's not Quasar. It's Wonder Man. It is Wonder Man. Oh, wow. I have. You know, uh, they were all like selling for like ninety nine cents, and I was mm-hmm. I was in a phase of like, you know, of really being interested in Marvel books that weren't on Marvel Unlimited. You know, kind of yeah. because like of the the rarity of them and then also like oh maybe it's maybe wonder man is secretly this this really great book it's not <laughs> it's not there's there's a reason it is not more high profile um but yeah regardless you're right like that's that's a now we would say like oh that's a really weird way to approach that event um at the time i guess crossovers were less common and they were just like well you have to you literally have to read every part of this um or it won't make sense so can we talk about wonder man yeah of course I like those comics. I think those are like the highlight for me. Was these Wonder Man issues? Those are your favorite ones. They're pretty well put together, and they're like yeah. they're by like uh, uh, creators I don't know. So like uh, Gerard Jones, Gerard. Jeff Johnson. Exactly. I really like the art. I think they move really well. I think they're well written. The actual yeah. like some of the conversations that happen. So like the highlight of this entire thing for me is the first Wonder Man, Wonder Man number seven. Okay. Where Wonder Man is fighting Captain Atlas. So I don't even I don't know that guy, but he's got like. Captain Marvel's nega bands, right? The ones that like you clap them together and you switch places with Rick Jones in the, in the negative zone. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really fun, well done. Like it's a fun idea, and it's also really done well. Which is that the guy realizes that like you know Wonder Man's not gonna punch Rick Jones, so he just keeps switching back and forth with Rick yeah. Jones as Wonder Man's taking a swing. And the art does a great job selling this as a, a, a like comedy action scene. Uh-huh. I, I think in lesser hands. This would be like a funny idea, but like the visuals actually really sell it as like fun slapstick comedy. Like it's it's like a Jackie Scan Jackie Chan sketch. Like it's uh it's great. I really like that. Um and then there's another moment later with <laughs> some of the only other like real human emotion that I bought was the argument between Wonder Man and the Vision. The Vision is just like, yeah, let him <laughs> commit genocide. Like, that will be the quickest way to end this. And they have an argument about it, but <laughs> no, it's written white well. White Vision I... sucks, by the way. <laughs> Friendly reminder, it... White Vision is the worst. This White Vision, like, he's, I hate looking at him. He's like milkmaid man, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's mm-hmm. milk personified. It's disgusting. Because <laughs> he's not pure, <laughs> he's not pure white. He's like an off-white, like a yellowish white that looks like cream, and it's awful. Curdled milk personified, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like these Wonder Man issues. Like, I, I'm not rushing out to read more, but, like, these surprise me. And, like, I like them more than Grunewald's Captain America stuff here. There's a like, there's a lightheartedness to Wonder Man yeah, that is definitely appealing. I think there's also, there's sort of a, that, again, that sort of rarity to them. Same with Quasar for me, which is a, a series mm-hmm. that I have not read a ton of. You know, you got Mark Grunewald, you got super early Greg Capullo, who went on mm-hmm. to do uh, the super well-known New 52 Batman with Scott Snyder, and you can kind of oh, see yeah, the early, yeah. oh, I didn't, I did you know, formations, know uh, you know, yeah, 20 yeah. years earlier of his time with Grunewald on Quasar. I found those books interesting just because I I haven't spent a ton of time with them, you know, so I'm kind of, yeah. there's a curiosity yeah. to them. But yeah, like, like Cap, Avengers West Coast, Iron Man, Thor, those are all just so incredibly familiar to the point of of really just not, there's just no energy to them. Um, they feel I think, like such throwbacks, like both in plotting and in like their thematic preoccupations mm-hmm. like captain mm-hmm. america it, it's weird because rudolph's been writing captain america but captain america feels really old-fashioned here in a way that he hasn't for a while even in grunewald's run so like yeah captain america's weird insistence on like we won't kill anyone we won't kill any soldier in this war is like absurd like and it doesn't get sold well here like i i think you're supposed like I, I think he's writing him a little bit to try to uh you know, like, show Cap as being a little naive here, I, I think. But even so, like, it, it just sells as, like, Captain America is not someone you really want to spend time with because you're so, like, like, he's, he's you know, like, as dumb as Hawkeye here. And it's just, like, you're, the, the no-killing rule is just so foolish when it's applied in this, this kind of a, a context. Well, and right? for, a, just... for a veteran, 
of, of right World exactly that's especially <laughs> it's yeah. especially senseless um i i think both captain america and iron man in particular there's clearly this effort by the creators here to be like yeah we need to we need to re-solidify their sort of you know antagonism towards each other we need to really play that up but they lean into it so hard to the point of both characters just like there's there's nothing likable hardly about either of them um, yep. Both Cap and Iron Man come out of this, and it's like I don't like either of these characters. I would never want to read their books. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I, I like yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. like them at all by themselves, and I like them even less apart from each other. I I think I don't notice it as much with Cap as you're saying, but with Tony Stark with Iron Man, like it, he's the worst. That and, that's and, like, Cersei this moment. Run. C- Cersei does something really cool because I, uh, I like Cersei I a tra- lot. Cersei, I'm trashing. In this. Oh, interesting. I am trashing this whole event. But, like, there are grace notes throughout, right? It is not, like, completely devoid of, you know, moments of humor or there are, like, s- small moments of creativity that but shine like, through. But, like, even the good stuff, I would say, is is in, like, an at-best C, C-plus issue. Yes, totally. I so think that's, like, why one of the that's why we have such a negative perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the Captain America issues, which I don't like very much, or it might be Iron Man. I thought it was Captain. Um, is, uh, is they all, like, get captured by the Kree and Ronan the Accuser is there and Cersei uses her magic or i don't know what she does um no that's uh, that's cersei's deal is magic slash at all slash i don't know she can do anything it's so confusing because she's an eternal right yeah yep she's an um love eternal she she changes everybody in the avengers who are captive into ronan the accuser and that's how they escape and it's just like all of a sudden you see like that's an iron it's fun it looks it looks good and like and it's fun you see the arguments between them and iron man is like you will change me back now cersei if you messed up one micro circuit on my suit and it's like i know it's really unappealing and then it's just like now we're supposed to follow iron man a bunch and be like i actually had to go back i actually had to go back and check i'm like was this tony in the armor at this point in time i'm like is something (laughs) is something happening here that that makes it so he's not because he's such a d-bag here um it's funny because this iron man run actually so this is i think the first like so this is len kaminsky writing we got paul ryan on art i actually really like where this is going um i think in the next in yeah 92 part two we're going to talk about some iron man comics that i quite dug and i was surprised Mm -hmm how into this era of the character I was or like how into it I was. Um, but, but during this event, I just think he is completely unlikable. And I, it is, it's one of those moments that makes you now look back and be like, it is astonishing that Robert Downey Jr. And the Marvel cinematic universe made this the most famous and one of the most beloved characters mm-hmm. in pop culture because he is awful and it's he's it's had fine so few he can good be moments awful. too like he's, he's had a couple a... there's a couple good runs and a couple good stories but yeah overall he's either boring or obnoxious i well and i think the stories can yeah. be fine but he's still a jerk right like so like you know demon the bottle obviously is like not to like call him a jerk in that but he does obviously like his alcoholism you know he's, he's fighting that and it leads him to things that are awful like armor wars even him taking mm, i like ma- i like him in armor wars armor war the, the conflict there is good to me like i i think he's armor he, wars I, is easier to see an rd rdj version of because it's like yeah. him thinking he knows best but but and know, he like half does like himself. he's not totally he's not totally wrong which is like he's not totally that's what, wrong that's no. what i like when they, they write captain america and iron man like that like grunwald can be good at that grunwald has been good at writing captain america like hey this guy's like kind of a jerk but like he's not entirely irredeemable right and he does that with u.s agent a lot as well Where like these are both characters that you're interested in even if sometimes you get a little exasperated by them well it's and it's like you... they're trying too it's like that balance of like oh yeah they yeah. can be wrong but they're trying and they're trying to understand yeah. you get the sense with both cap and iron man throughout this story neither one of them is trying i think iron man in particular is just like he's so petulant where he's like i'm yeah. a founding avenger and i'm the only one and i whatever i say goes and it's just like who is this person <laughs> which is, leads to like this and and that's why I think the the best moment between them is at the very end. Captain America, Hawkeye takes Captain America out for a drink to get him to like settle down because he's so worked up because they they everyone assassinated the uh, supreme well, intelligence. Let's let's talk his... about that then. Okay, as well. Right. That's that's a big a big reveal. Yeah, I guess go, go ahead and finish plot. your story if you want. But let's let's yeah, talk uh, about the assassination yeah, okay. here. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to stuff. But like. Tony Stark shows up, and I love like the the showing you know that like most of the Avengers still don't know who Tony Stark is, where he's just like, oh hello, I'm Tony Stark. I was doing Stark business uh, during your whole Galactic Storm. If you don't mind me being here, Mister Barton, uh, I would like yeah. to have the table. Like the the secret identity thing from each other is still really funny when it pops up. But he like he has a conversation with Captain America, basically like clearing the room 
and uh, or clearing the air rather. And I like it. Like both of them kind of are like Captain America's like I'm too too quick to judge and you know too slow to forgive. Whatever. Like shows a little bit more like human grace. Sure. It, that works okay. Like that stuff got back to like oh okay these are humans that I can like find something relatable <laughs> about instead of Captain America like just snarling with anger because somebody suggests like hey uh, uh, Earth is about to be blown up by the sun i have to shoot this ship out of space and captain america's like no not one single enemy life will be killed like and you're just yeah it's so frustrating to watch uh, to read okay so the overarching story yeah before we go any further time for an ad break if you're listening to this podcast you clearly love comics you may even love deep analytical takes on comics so we think you might like super serious 616 Super Serious 616 is a podcast that explores what it would be like to live through the beginning of the modern Marvel age of comics. It is unlike any podcast that you have heard before. Mike and Ed talk about the public events from the early Silver Age of Marvel Comics as if those events were actually happening. As superpowered heroes and villains, gods, and monsters become everyday occurrences, Mike and Ed talk about the ramifications of the changes thrust upon the world. Would the Fantastic Four be welcomed as costumed do-gooders, or would their motives be questioned? Will there be superpowered Cold War with Russia? Will the appearance of Thor and the emergence of gods from ancient myths lead people to re-examine their own religious beliefs? Is Iron Man a good use of Stark Core shareholder capital? If Reed Richards had developed podcast technology in the 1960s Marvel Universe, this would be the show everyone would be listening to. So join Mike and Ed every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Super Serious 616 as they chart the evolution of the Marvel Universe from the ground up as it happens. All right, back to the show. So so the big conflict at mm-hmm. the end of this, once we get to the end. So the the Shi'ar Negabomb, okay, which they've been basically like teasing the Kree with this whole time. Um, the Skrulls sort of push it to happen, but it's like it's not like the Shi'ar were wholly opposed anyway. It goes off. It actually goes off in Kree space, and it wipes out Kree life on... 90% of the Kree, yeah. Just on a completely unfathomable scale. I would say the fact that the bomb actually goes off, and that all these Kree are killed, and that they don't walk it back, there's no time travel, there's no you know, some alternate reality stuff, like, that alone is pretty big actually, for Marvel Comics, right? Like, devastation on that scale, despite it being, quote-unquote, alien life, that's actually not something we've seen a heck of a lot of. I think, you know, you and I have have covered a whole bunch of the Ultimate Universe, and once you get into post-9-11 comics, there's a a almost a, a, like, devastation quota, you know, especially Mm -hmm. if you're reading, like, a Mark Miller-written comic, you know, where it's, like, just these numbers thrown around, like, oh, 500 people. The Hulk ate 30,000 people in New York, in Times (laughs) Square last night. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But but in Operation Galactic Storm, not that it's never happened before, like, this is, that's pretty crazy um, that they actually go through with that in the Marvel Universe. And then... What's actually more interesting than that? Yeah, because that, that's like, not that interesting to me, honestly. That, if, that, if I'm that not was invested it, in the Creed. Like, yeah, the, right. The exactly. No, because they don't okay. make you super invested in the Creed to begin with. It's kind of, uh, yeah, I'm not, it's not like I was crying about it. Um, but nah, where are you? It was, and my wife was chopping onions. Quiet. Um, so <laughs> they, the, after the fact, all the Avengers miraculously survive, and they they go back to Hollow, the Cree homeworld, and they find it completely destroyed. And there's some some good sort of reactions from them in terms of just witnessing that devastation but then what happens is they encounter the Kree supreme intelligence now it's been a minute since we've talked about the Kree supreme intelligence um basically a think the wizard of oz is a giant green head who collects mm-hmm. the intelligences of all well Kree. a giant green head except that like the uh it is the 90s so they do at one point give him a big muscular body I love like his big gets... muscular body. I love that he would <laughs> want that. So it's hilarious. Like, I think overalls, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, watching Modoc just be, you know, try to fit into, like, you know, a really fit, young <laughs> body. It's just goofy. Um, But but the Kree Supreme Intelligence is, like, he's the master planner of the Kree race, right? Like, yeah. everything he does. Like, he's typically comes across as pretty super villainous, sometimes anti-heroic, you know, but, like, kind of amoral. It's all just, like what is best for the Kree, and what he reveals, or what it reveals here, is the plan, actually, what the Kree plan, the Supreme Intelligence plan, was for this bomb to go off. 
That was mm-hmm. actually yeah. part of the Supreme Intelligence's plan. He was like, I want it to happen. It feels to me very post-Watchmen Ozymandias. You know, it's very, I did it 30 minutes ago, I thought, mm-hmm. um, with yeah. the Supreme Intelligence, where he's like, yeah, this is this is playing exactly to plan. His full plan is like, yes, this will kill 90% of pre-life, but we had hit an evolutionary stagnation. We had hit an evolutionary dead end, and we will have to build back so much stronger because of this that in the long yeah. like in the long 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 run this will be better for the Cree. I find this very compelling. That's uh, a, as an it, argument and as a, as a just sort of like a philosophical dilemma. I suppose. It's an interesting idea that you lay the groundwork for and this doesn't. It comes out of nowhere. And I I agree. Like I think that's an interesting idea and kind of a fun twist, but you get there by this whole time showing, you know, maybe the consequences or the concerns of people of the Cree race, you know, having this like Kryptonian thing where they're just like, yeah, we've achieved, you know, peak evolution and we're totally stagnant. Like you, you talk about that, you show it without tipping your hand, right? You like that, that, that is the context that is missing from this is like, I don't know who the Cree are and I don't really know anything about their culture, except they're like a space empire. And I certainly don't know anything about this except for like the exposition given about it. The wildest so, like, thing about what you're describing, too, is there are a number of behind-the-scenes cutaways to the Supreme Intelligence throughout oh, yeah. the 19 parts, but they it, don't really they lay just, the seeds for this happening. They all just are, like, about the war and, like, you need to go, ca- you know, my lieutenants need to go capture this person and, like, oh, no, the Avengers have foiled us here. Stop them. Like, it is all in service of the, like, the action. You know, I don't know like, that this is happening. actually how it played out, but it kind of feels like they, Grunwald, the creators, whoever come out, came up with it officially, it's like they thought of it like at part 14. It's like mm, they thought of sure. like how it should yeah. actually end that deep yeah. into the event. Yeah, Maybe that's yeah. not true at all, but that's how the story feels because it totally. is all of a sudden this sort of twist where it's like, that's fascinating and that's really interesting and nothing about this runway? event built yeah. me to this point. <laughs> yes, nothing, right. yeah, yeah. you know, even... Even just like your your knowledge and your interest in the supreme intelligence as the sort of you know quote unquote villain who would do something like this, it's it, it's more based on just like Marvel history than it is on these specific comics. You know, it would be like if Watchmen ended with its big twist. And I as I have to point out, someone in the Slack you brought up the Ozymandias like you know I did it thirty minutes ago. Oh, I bring once. it up all the time. This, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, someone in the Slack once was like, Ugh, "They've spoiled Watchmen for me." <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny to me. Uh, he, he wasn't. He wasn't actually mad, but I thought, I thought uh, that was funny. Um, yeah. yeah. Spoilers for Watchmen in a second. It would be as if that moment happened, and the comic had shown none of the, you know, like build up about the anxieties of atomic war and the like, the doomsday clock clicking to- closer and closer to humanity destroying itself, and that being like an overarching preoccupation of the comic. Yeah. Right. If it was just like this is a story about superheroes, and at the end, Ozymandias killed new york city and then it was just like well i did it because humans uh we were about to blow shoot each other with bombs and i wanted us to unify to get you know like it didn't talk about it it didn't lay the groundwork it just at the end explained why he did it and <laughs> you know like this was not a theme of the comic it was just plot no yeah at the end. no it's all it's all conclusion yeah. no substance to that point now from yeah. that point the avengers then have a debate a philosophical yeah. debate amongst themselves that is more familiar amongst comic book fans which is should we kill the supreme intelligence for what he just did, for what they just did? Um, should we end the supreme intelligence? Clearly a potential threat based on mm-hmm. the fact that all of these Kree died, and basically the intelligence is the mastermind behind it. This splits the Avengers diametrically down the middle. Like you said, it's a cap Iron Man, but then everyone else kind of picking sides thing. Um, this argument to me... Is, is a lot less interesting than the Supreme Intelligence's sort of master plan. Yeah. Uh, but it yeah. is very much of the moment. It feels a lot too like the creators looking at the Marvel Comics landscape and being like, hey, X-Force is pretty hot. Like, they, they kill people. <laughs> like, do we, do we need a book like that? You know, and it's, this is the Avengers wrestling with the cultural moment of, can we be, can we compete with Wolverine, Punisher, Ghost Rider, uh, Deathlock? Like, can we compete with mm-hmm. these murderous, better-selling comics where they kill people? Because the only the only other better-selling comics where they don't kill people right now Spider-Man, are yeah. Spider-Man and sometimes X-Men, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's like, and th- it's them 
And then there's you still a meta commentary who, who does some killing. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a meta commentary here around. Okay, what what should the Avengers actually do? A bunch of them decide they will kill the Supreme Intelligence, uh, including Black Knight, who's just like, "Let's go." Who <laughs> like, has a so who has a lightsaber now? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That, the Ebony, that the ebony be Blade like... has been turned into the Ebony lightsaber. Um, it's, it's exactly it's, a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally is. Which fair. Um, and they they go and they seemingly kill the intelligence yeah, but, and and kind of as really. it's happening. Yeah. Well, of course not really, but it's also like, yeah, okay, yeah. they're like, all right, they knock out the big green screen, and they're like, oh, that was a hologram. What is he? Oh, he's a brain. And then they start attacking it, and then you have Eric Masterson Thor, who is actually very funny throughout this because he's not, you know, Thor God of Thunder right now. He's like mm-hmm. normal yeah. bro of Thunder, and like just his dialogue always yeah. cracks me up because it's like none of the they, these and, you know, verilies and all that. It's just like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? Like it's just a very casual you know, kind of like California surfer vibe to him. When, when um, he, like, successfully transports people with his hammer, right? Like, yeah, he's yeah. just like, yes, 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 I did it! Yeah, right. I'm awesome! Like, he gets skipped, and then everyone... He's like, like, an, he's like an excited like puppy, because he, to... he just doesn't know yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, he he hears the brain, the brain's, like, squealing. It's like, it's like, oh, stop it! And Thor's like, uh, I think it might be alive, guys. Like, this is, this is kind of gross. Like, maybe we shouldn't kill it. And then Black Knight's like... Blade away! Dives in and just stabs it, and uh, and you know then they then the Avengers are are all a mess. They're all a flutter after that. And the the other, I mean, the funny part is like that Captain America is just like, how could you? We could have you know modeled our reaction after the Nuremberg trials. Right? Like we should have transported it back to Earth to stand trial for its crimes. Like, yeah, that 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 whole thing. You know what? It's kind of wild that like 1992 Disney has less like teeth and guts when it comes to doing you know killing here what do you mean 1992 disney did i say disney 1992 marvel has disney less did guts not buy them than... until uh, 2010 i believe yeah no no that's my point 1992 marvel does not have as much guts as like modern day disney which is not super squeamish about captain america it would be like infinity war happens and then all those monsters show up in Wakanda, and Captain America's like, Kef's listen, just in- spears out of the Wakandans' hands. <laughs> Inca- incapacitate them. Like, you, you can't kill them. Like, yeah, they, no, they that, that cat's been out of the bag since since Ultimates, certainly. I mean, Miller and Hitch did away with that. Um, yeah. I think Brubaker. Which is fine. You know, like, I like, I like the. They, they signed that coffin a long time ago, Zach. <laughs> they, trust me. They're, they're, <laughs> I have warmed on the idea of, like, that being an interesting debate. You know, like, you can talk about that. Sometimes. Well, it's the, it's the eternal Batman debate. You know, right? It, and the, yeah, Batman, Batman sometimes it wears really thin, and like I've basically come down on the like, yeah, it's a really good, uh, you know, like ideology to have, and then sometimes you need to throw it away if you're Captain America or like Wonder Woman. It's kind of the Wonder Woman vibe, which is like, yeah, I don't want to kill anyone, but like I will, like if I have to, like, <laughs> yeah, like if I if I have no other choice, then yeah, sure, like yeah, I'm not gonna let people die because I won't kill. I'm a, I'm a little. There's definitely that that sort of. I don't know what you call it, um, naive optimism. You know, I like Daredevil yeah. season two on Netflix is something. This is something I wrote about. Just sort of like, it's it's fictional and it's make believe, but I I actually kind of enjoy sometimes when characters are like, we do not kill. Like I like it's, I like when Spider Man takes on a no one dies. Like there are certain characters, I would say Spider Man, Superman, Daredevil less so, but sometimes Wonder Woman. Batman super like I said super already but there, there's certain characters where I'm there's... like I like if they're at least going to say no killing I I don't mind it from Captain America in certain contexts in all-out galactic war I think to your point I don't know that it makes as much sense um and and to the point of this supreme intelligence it's like I mean I do think I actually do I, I don't know I don't I'm not really that invested just the way this event plays out to like really have a full-on debate about it but I feel like the Avengers that go to kill the supreme intelligence like they're clearly wrong. Like, I think that's one of the bigger problems with this story in, in having that debate is, like, you needed to do more groundwork to make that a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, when, yeah. when Jason Todd is begging Batman to kill the Joker, that's not a difficult conversation. We know, like, Joker deserves to die. Like, he's he has killed and he will kill again. With the Supreme Intelligence, it doesn't have that weight. So when Black Knight is stabbing a sad, squealing brain, it's just kind of like, oh, that's gross. Killing is awful. You know what I mean? Like, it's got a different... Yeah, well, that, that's, that's my point. It's like, I, that's the, the line, I think, which is like, I, I don't disagree that having a character who takes that hard stance can be, like, just on its face an uninteresting character choice. I think then you just need to be careful about the kind of stories you tell. 
Because Batman in the 21st century, it's really tough to justify Batman's no-killing stance when it's just like, Joker has just killed... Like, at this point, I'm sure you could pile it up and it would be like thousands and thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. and it's just like he's sewing you know he's creating walls made out of like living human beings and there's just like 15 security guards sewn together because batman won't kill him and it's like the fact that he kind of keeps letting this happen is silly if you're dealing with spider-man and you're not like getting to those incredibly dark places yeah sure maybe you know like it, it, you, I, I think you just need to to morph the stories around it if that's something you want to talk about same with like Daredevil the show because that, that was frustrating me about the show is that he took this hardline approach where he was just like well I won't kill anyone we need to serve justice the courts are also corrupt so I can't get justice so then the show the actual screenwriting was contriving ways for these bad guys they would they would like fall off rooftops or like ac- <laughs> no sure they kept, shortly like, after Daredevil's like no no one dies like stick or Electra like throws the guy off a roof like it it happens and, and like, there's another one where that happens where a guy like. He's like, I won't kill, yeah, I, I won't kill anyone. He gets him arrested. The guy, like, buys the judge, gets out of jail. W- what's he going to do now, right? There's no, like, justice for this man. And so, like, you can't, the screenwriters have no way to square that circle. So the man, like, stabs himself in the eye and kills himself, right? Because he's scared of Kingpin or something. But I, but I but think like, just because it's a difficult question and it's a difficult conversation, like, to your point, I agree. It is much harder right now to continue writing a Batman where he won't kill the Joker. And I, I yeah. appreciate that challenge. It doesn't mean it's always going to be handled well. There might be a lot of times where we're like, well, that was a mistake. But, you know, and then, like, there's a whole cottage industry, like Injustice, Batman, White Knight. Like, there's a whole cottage mm-hmm. industry around alternate yeah. realities where he will or someone will, right? And But I appreciate a writer wrestling with that because I think it, it can rate... You have to be creative to get around that. And those are the best yeah. kinds of stories. Yeah, I agree. Is yeah. you, have to, you have to do something different. Um, Operation Galactic Storm... And does not operate anywhere near on that level. I mean, also, can we also just talk about how how flipping weird is it that it's this Operation is named Desert after? Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Just your tone. <laughs> Isn't and, that and like, like the craziest you the, thing? You go on the wick, and it's like Operation Desert Storm was happening like at that exact moment. Yeah, right? yeah. So like, yeah, I don't even know what it would be compared to. It would. But yeah, that's the thing is it, like I don't know the names of military operations right now. I mean, just like the, obviously like there's a lot of debate you know, amongst comic fans about, like, you know, Marvel, like, especially Marvel Studios being, like, military propaganda, right? And just some of the some of the debates and really interesting arguments that are made there. How about naming your comic event after the literal military operation, Operation Desert Storm? Like, there is, and, 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 and there's there's no reason it needs to be called that. It is not this is, this is really funny. a clear yeah. metaphor. <laughs> the, the Wikipedia page. The title yeah. of the storyline is an allusion to Operation Desert Storm. Although the phrase is featured in the storyline, the plot bears no real relation to the Gulf conflict. <laughs> yeah. It was apparently not intended to have any overt parallels with it, save the obvious fact that, quote, Operation Galactic Storm also involves a major conflict. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Seriously. I mean, unless, if it was like further away, you know, like mm-hmm. in time, you know, and it was like they were like, yeah, Avengers Battle of the Bulge sounds really cool. You know, like we should we should name an event that that like that I could see more than this where it's like oh that was that ripped was the from the headlines swimsuit uh, swimsuit edition in 1993. You are on today, boom! Hey, got you. it, nailed it, well done. Um, but no, seriously, it's just like it is. I I don't know. I have no idea what what fan culture was like at this point in time. But if yeah. that was if that was a Marvel event name in the year of our Lord 2021, <laughs> yeah. Can right. you imagine the reaction? I just my goodness, it's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think George W. H. W. Bush just had a uh, a lot of approval for what he was doing at the time, and so it was not. Uh, well, he was I'm a big comics I, fan. He was a big comics guy. Is yeah. is the thing yeah. that not a lot of people talk about. Like like a bit of a groper in his old age, big comics guy. Kind of the two things <laughs> we're gonna remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, nineteen ninety five. A full three years after this came out, an arcade game based on this was released. Did you have know you ever played? Avengers Galactic Storm. Uh, it's actually on an called. I, I don't know that I have. I, I have not. It's a fighting game. It's not called Avengers Galactic Storm. It's called Avengers in Galactic Storm, sure. <laughs> which cracks Fair. me up. Yeah. Um, also, really funny. The, the playable characters. Let me, let me read this off to you. Captain America. Okay. Check. Black Knight. Mm, okay. Already a twist. Yep. Yeah. Crystal. What? Mm-hmm. And Thunderstrike. <laughs> I mean, uh, Thor. I could see Crystal. Wow. I. Yep. I 
Here's the thing. And then, I could be reading it, Crystal dialogue in this event, and as I'm yeah. doing it, I f- I'm forgetting that Crystal's in this event. Yeah. Like, it's oh, so, totally. it's there, so weird that she's with the Avengers during this. Yeah. And then uh, then you can play Kree as Korathtak. <laughs> Korath you can Mercer. play as Kree? You can play as Korathtak, Dr. Minerva, Shatterax, yeah. and Supremor, which is the Supreme Intelligence, the bulky version. You That's it. Those are the eight the characters Supremor. that you can play as in this fighting game. Isn't this that is weird? A, I gotta, I gotta look at this up. Yeah, I have to download like a main or emulator and try to try this out. Yeah. That's some, that's some wildness. Oh no! Um, hey, check this out. Twenty twenty one, Galactic Storm will be included in a arcade one up cabinet collection alongside X Men and Captain America and the Avengers. So I gotta tell you, all those, those uh, yeah. all those retro arcades are like if I if I lived alone. If I lived very alone, my house would be full <laughs> of all these retro arcades. I love you know those. what? It's really easy to make those now with like uh, Raspberry Pis. Like it's like a four <laughs> four hundred. Sorry, what? <laughs> no Raspberry Pi. It's like a little modular uh, computer that you can kind of do whatever with, and they're super mm-hmm, cheap. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a four hundred dollar endeavor to build your own cabinet that will just play like all. It's of also the arcade it's games. also going to take literally four hundred years of my time to understand. How yeah. To do oh, that. yeah. Well, you're not busy. Time is money, baby. Time is money. <laughs> okay, uh, anyway. Yeah, all right. So Zach's building about. me a retro arcade game. Um, that yep. sounds cool. And, I mean, otherwise, I like Cersei. I'm, like, I'm really I'm really enjoying the Eternals component of these Avengers stories just because it's weird and strange and it matters now in a way that it never would have before. Um, mm-hmm. I think aside from that, I don't know. Is there, any, is there anything cool to take there, away There's a couple this? new characters here. We don't have to talk about them, but you should just note that they're here. Uh What's his name? Lightning Lad or something? Uh, no, that's a that's Legion of Superheroes. Um, it's Living Lightning oh, is uh is with the West Coast yeah. Avengers during this time. Yeah, who I don't I don't really know. Is he uh is he South American? Is that the Living Lightning? Do you know much about him? Is he current? Oh, I couldn't tell you the first thing about Living Lightning. I mean, I I did not read Avengers. Oh, West Coast uh, well, I will tell you in 2018 he got rebranded as Lightning. <laughs> yeah, Miguel Santos. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Maybe a cool uh, then, character in need of um, a revival. Yeah. And then uh, the, the other Spider-Woman, Julie, Julia, the less Julia Carpenter. Noted, yeah. The, the one, I couldn't, what is her origin? Didn't she, wasn't she created during Secret Wars or something? Isn't yeah. she started out? Yeah, She's like, I think that's right. She's from that town, is it Denver, maybe? Yeah, it's you know, like a town that got town zapped that, to the that to gets battle world. And battle then it was world. like. One was of the like, weirder hey, this, Secret Wars details. Yeah, that, there's like a, a whole like city in Colorado gets pulled in, and that's where Titania uh, comes from. Um, yeah, yeah, her, yeah, her yeah. friend who dates Molecule Man, who I can't think of at the moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, she's here. That's all. I'm, I guess that's all I'm saying. <laughs> she's there. Um, People are anyway. there. Avengers, Galactic Storm, comma yeah. a triumph. <laughs> well, you know what? Go. The best thing about Galactic Storm is this episode, which I think we killed it. So. Just listen to this episode. Don't read Just the like event. I always love this is. I think this is a, a my Marvelous year mainstay, which is when we get to the end of talking about comics that we don't like. We tell people at the end of the episode, don't read these. <laughs> no, I I was very clear up front, and oh, you, you know, know what? what? I we actually to... think I I kind of wonder if this episode will be one of our most listened to because we'll actually have the most people who don't who just clearly don't want to read this. Mm, like I feel like point. we're doing more of a favor this episode in covering it for people than we often are like it's not a favor for us to talk about infinity gauntlet despite the pleasure of listening to our our wise and valid thoughts you know people want to read that right no that's not true i think i think a lot of people especially since we've now been like titling the episodes with what is going on in them i think a lot of people are like jumping in on their faves that's a that's feedback i get a lot can now. You, people maybe are we like, can talk about this on a variant cover but yeah. there's that is a that's a real thing in fan culture that I've noticed a lot of where because I see it on YouTube a lot now especially where people are like oh cover this story I like and it's like why do people want that like you just want to vibe out oh, I get it yeah with like yeah, this thing to, like, that you know you like there's a video game like book club podcast watch out for fireballs um which uh, Gary Butterfield was on <laughs> we here know before. yeah Zach. we know you plug it well, in I don't know enough, if so. I talk about it on here that much but the uh, like. Sometimes it is fun just to listen to them talk about a game I like for three hours and like kind of like it's almost like I'm not saying you know, it can't re- ever be fun. I just find you're it almost strange. like revisiting it via, you know, proxy. Right. Like, well, no, um, certainly. And like, obviously, like that's a fair amount of our listenership is going to be like, yeah, but they're talking about Marvel comics I've read before and that I enjoy. It's interesting to process mm. them again through new eyes. I, I, I have a similar thing. I just find it. Uh, there's a certain cultural thing to me that is strange where it's like 
that on YouTube, especially where it's like, they just want creators to make videos about things they already know that they like. And that to me is like not especially useful. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I don't, I don't have that as, unless it's some kind of like really interesting critique or uh, like analysis that I, yeah, that is which o- some, outside which some of my like of. capacity. Yeah, for sure. But I, I guess the bigger thing for me like, is panel x panel, right? Like if panel x panel is doing, and not panel x panel. What's the uh, strip what's panel naked? Is, is yeah, strip panel naked is a YouTube video channel, series, right? Yeah, if he does a video series on a comic I already know and love, I'm gonna watch it because he's going to like give me some insight into it that I am yeah, not yeah. capable of, right? Like I guess, he is... <laughs> I guess actually maybe I want to back up and say rare. actually yeah. what's weird. So it's not weird. Maybe this whole thing isn't weird to me because as you're explaining it, I'm like nodding along i'm like yeah i, I want to do that too <laughs> yeah sure i think what's stranger to me is maybe the, the experience ones what's that like the ones that are just like here's a synopsis of your favorite event like yeah if it's like an explainer and it's like mm. at the expense of reading it or something too, yeah, yeah. where it's oh, like you don't even consume that's... it you just want to have it explained in a video that i find maybe especially strange i don't yeah, know i, I got that's I weird to me but that's just that's just me but like that's how I view it. But again, Watch Out for Fireballs talks about how a lot of people are like, "Hey, you know what? I'm never gonna play that game, so I'll just listen to you talk about it like beat by beat by beat." And they kind well, of like, I think they call Galactic it like Storm games as ser- or episode as service. What? I think with Galactic Storm um, for sure, like that is the service. Yeah, we, yeah. we you know actually we have variant covers that we're gonna record in the future before this episode comes out, and we should remember to warn people. <laughs> you know what? If people are gonna read this, I'm gonna recommend that they read. Um, Wonder Man number seven, I think the first one. So I think that's a genuinely fun issue all the way through. And Captain America 400, which is mostly like it's a Captain America fight between him and all of his like big rivals that I think is really good. There's um, some good standout we, we art that. in that too. Yeah, the, the art's really good in the it, it's mostly focused on this fight with the, you know, like Batrock and the Red Skull and etc. Um, yeah, that's really fun. Okay, I think that's wait. Hang on, that's your fast track. I think if you're, oh yeah, those are the two that are okay. <laughs> read those two because they're actually enjoyable, and then read the Wikipedia page, which is genuinely like succinct and will explain all this to you. Like the Wikipedia should, page, I think you should I, read I, like part one is Cap three ninety eight. You could fill in the two that you just read, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then read the last issue. You want to read Avengers? What is it? Three forty five. You want to read that? Well, at this point, yeah. Uh, no, it's like 347 is the last Avengers. 347, okay. I mean, at this point, no one's going to read it because they just listen to us talk about it, but we we got to remember to put well, that We always give cover. the fast track yeah. at the end. Recommendations <laughs> and fast tracks at the end yeah. is uh, is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We gotta, we'll got we have to remember to talk about this later. All right, perfect. Okay. We did it. We made it through Avengers Galactic Storm. Yeah, um, good episode. You got a good episode out of it, right? It's yeah, like you had I a horrible so. experience. You were miserable for hours. You know what? Like, honestly, <laughs> okay, if you gun to your head had to read this or secret wars 2 again and like Ooh. not today because obviously like you just it's not, read this but like it's not at, worse than secret wars 2 it's not it well it it is i think it's it's definitely it's not blander. worse it's but it's blander. more bland right like secret wars 2 i was i was madder at secret wars 2 the whole time yeah because it's it's more pretentious right like and it's trying to do something stupider <laughs> but like at least that made me like mad in an interesting way it's kind of interesting the most part in that regard yeah yeah so i like i, I mean it's kind it's of failures like the... are interesting whereas the failures here are the, are the failures of complacency and just being yeah kind of... uh, good good way of oh, thank you that. i'll pause there yeah. i'll pause there at the yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah yeah okay so yeah yeah that's gonna do it Head nods all around. Head nods all around. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at comicbookherald.com, at comicbookherald on social. He's Zach. You can find him on social at My Marvelous Year. Disaster Piece does the music for this show. You can find all the episodes that we talk about uh, in the show notes next time on 1992 Part 2. I will be joined by a very special guest to talk about Iron Man. And this time he's not making a stupid joke. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's a real guest. Yeah, Uh, I will be joined to talk about Iron Man, uh, the debut of War Machine, and Captain America, Cap Wolf. You know what I'm mad? Okay, so I'm not going to be on this episode, right? Dave has politely asked me to step aside. Party, he wants to he wants to hang out with uh, the the guest that he has that he's very excited about, which I Mm -hmm. I totally understand. I'm a little annoyed that you did this on an episode where it's like these are comics I want to read. Why didn't you do this on like an all X Factor? These are good right, comics. Right, like both Iron Man and Captain America at this point, I am interested in reading. So it would like, have been such the... a service. It would have been such a favor to you to have done this for Avengers Galactic Storm. And then you're going to leave me to talk about, what is it, like 
the Infinity uh, War, which is actually I like well, Infinity War. That's, yeah, an, that's an interesting comic, and then like a boatload of X Men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that one. That's the one you could have uh, could have taken. And here's my prediction yeah. for the X Men episode that I'm almost yeah. certainly going to miss. Yeah. Um, you're going to be pretty mad and confused about Uncanny X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual X Men comics, you'll have a fine time. Alpha Flight mm-hmm. is a necessity, and you'll have a fine time. And Excalibur was added by a patron, so. Yep. Yeah, it's really, it's a, really, there's only two issues <laughs> yeah, there. Literally, every one of these comics is a new edition. So you just created a episode out of whole cloth for me to do on my own without you here. I uh, mean, if you want you. to, if you want to jump ahead no, and no, do no, part no, five time. and do a Hulk uh, Peter David special, which you might I'm enjoy more. I'm I actually, I'm not dying to reread Hulk Future Imperfect, even though it's very good. I know. Oh, if you want to, if you want to swap those, we can decide right now. If you'd rather read that like batch of, I haven't, I haven't lined up a guest for that one the so, only i don't think there's really any reason that those need to be uh four and five i think it i think the order could be flipped yeah. the only exception might be x factor some of the continuity but probably not probably not yeah all right let's let's swap those and uh i'll do a hulk with somebody else i think i think they'll i think our listeners will like that too just so we'll have uh, an x an x booster that's fine by me episode. Okay. That's fine by me. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, enjoy the comics. Nope. As always, (laughs) we'll see you next year. (laughs) You got it.